This place has been as sweet as honey today to be here, hasn't it? Amen. Choir, thank you. I could listen to that all day long. That's just so soothing to the spirit. If you're anxious and distraught about something, listen to that just for a little while. It'll bring peace to your heart, I promise you. I used to love, a few years ago, there was some old direct TV commercials. I thought it was some really classic stuff. Y'all know direct TV, don't you? They're always competing with cable and talking about cable customers simply just settling. So I want to present the notion to you that maybe we Christians, we, we settle for too little, too many times. So it has an image of an old frontier cabin and the, and the dad sitting there. He's one of those char, uh, char, uh, Chevy Chase kind of guys, you know, he's always looking at the positive. And so he's, he's sitting there in front of a frontier cabin and, and uh, he said, we well, start naming our blessings. So do we not, do we not provide the, uh, the succulent jackrabbit pie and the delicious gray water soup? And, uh, and my favorite. Then he holds up a little quart jar and a single lick off the family lolly once a year or every harvest moon, a, a lollipop that they all get to lick on at one time. And uh, th- those commercials really have a powerful message, I believe, for Christians. We don't have to settle for the way that the world does things. We've been given great authority and great power over the sin and evil in our lives. We don't have to settle for, for, for the crumbs of this world because of the risen Christ. Our faith in God should never lead us to just settle. Paul refers to verse 6 of our text in this Genesis text in at least three different places in Romans and Galatians. And I believe verse 6 is the very catalyst of Ephesians 2.8 that says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of works lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God. It's the faith that we've been given to look into the abyss of tomorrow, into the darkness of tomorrow, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we have the hope of God to, to walk daily through this world into the hope of tomorrow, into the hope of His presence. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We just know who holds it. Now we get to chapter 15 of Genesis, and we see that Abram has made a great start. He has done some great things. He's had some good times. And now he's faced, he's an older man now, and he's faced with a major decision. Do I simply want to settle for cable TV or am I going to go with dish? (laughs) He must either go forward or settle back. Forever, maybe. This is how life really is. We're, we're called out of our lives and we sing our song, I'll go where you want me to go, Lord. Send me where you want me to go. And we sing it with gusto and power. Our faith allows us to hear the call of God in our lives and we set out to, to follow. We set out to experience victory along the way. We're excited about the new start of leaving behind the sin and the, 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 the guilt and the fear that Sherry talked about. The liberty we have Jesus in Jesus is, is so sweet to behold. The shame and guilt of our sinful past is gone and it doesn't take long to realize, however, that some of our old habits die hard. Amen or ouch. Some of our old habits die hard, like Energizer bunnies. They just want to keep going. The, 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 the journey to super saint status is littered with troubles and trials along the way. The passion of that first go, I will go where I send, you, send me, Lord, is, is weakened. We're challenged by the fact that things didn't go as smoothly as, 
as, as we thought they were. We're challenged by the fact that God didn't follow my strict orders about what I wanted him to do. And then one day you realize you don't have all the answers. Now it seems like you look around and it seems like everybody else has got the answers down pat. And somehow we haven't even figured out the questions yet. When we first get saved, we somehow believe that God had this grand plan in our lives. We knew, that we, we knew that we would be special. We knew that we could accomplish great things in the kingdom of God. And God was going to make me great and put me in line with a long line of great people. And, and, but really we find out the line of great people is pretty short. Then we begin to lust after the temptation to just settle. Oh, well. It's not exactly as I had envisioned my life to turn out, but I'm doing better than before. So now we get to this story of Abraham. On just another night in the wilderness, just another night he comes out from his tent or whatever he was living in, and he looks up on just a regular night, and, and he looks up on that regular night, and hopefully a night when Dancing with the Stars wasn't on, and... That's a Sherry Lynn joke. <laughs> she loves that old show. God has called. You see, God has blessed. Obeying God has become very personally profitable for Abraham. But the one thing that God had promised him was a son, and he still didn't have one. He promised him he would become a father of many nations, and in order to do that, you've got to start out with at least one son, and it would be a blessing to the whole world, and, and, and this hadn't happened. God calls Abraham to, to courage. He calls him to himself, and he says, Don't be afraid, Abraham. And I can imagine Abraham thinking or saying, Lord, I, I really didn't know I was afraid. I look around at the vastness of my wealth, and I, I thought I was doing pretty well. You see, at this point, he's willing to just settle. Because he even brings it up in this text. He said, my servant Eliezer of Damascus, he's, he's a good man. He can, he can carry on. In other words, what he's saying is, God, you blew it. So here's, here's plan B. I've got it figured out for you, God. I, I, I've got your will figured out for you. So you just take Eliezer. He's a pretty good old boy. and He can, he can follow through with what you blew on. And, but God's word reverberates. Don't just settle, Abraham. Don't just settle. It's a sign of spiritual maturity to figure out and admit that you don't have everything figured out. You really have not arrived at what God wants you to be. God is saying, admit it, Abraham. You're not where I want you to be, but you're, you're far, but you're just, we're just getting started. It takes courage to look hard at ourselves and realize that we still have some serious growing to do, that we still, we still have to keep moving to catch what God wants for each and every one of us. But most of all, God is saying to Abraham and to us, trust me. Trust me, God. I, God says, trust me. I haven't forgotten my promise. Trust me, Abraham. And Abraham was tempted what we are tempted to be like. We're fascinated by what God can do for us. We're captivated by where God may lead us. We get excited about our spiritual gifts. We get turned on about our spiritual growth. At least I'm not where I was 10 years ago. And all this good stuff that encourages us, these are God's promises to us. But God was challenging Abraham 
as He's challenging each of us this morning. Now my age is coming through here just a little bit because the older I get, the more that I realize that, that God is looking for followers to come to the radical notion, the notion that God is able in every situation, even with pancreatic cancer, God is able to come to the radical purpose of faith seeking God for Himself. Often in the midst of trials and sickness, uh, things going on around, I often remind people where God has brought them from, where, where God has delivered you from over the years. It's easy to get caught up in the ecstasy of what God has done for us, but after years of walking with God, it's more important to ask the question of myself, who is God in my life? Rather than get caught up in the, in the joys of, of serving the Lord, who is God to you? As my body gets older and weaker and my knees buckle and my belt won't, I'm getting older and things are changing in my life and I realize I'm not the man that I used to be. I believe God is challenging me with an intimate relationship with Himself. God is challenging Abraham that in all of his life that he may be the center of faith in his life and not in an experience, not in the blessings or anything else. You see, it started in chapter 12. Abraham was called out in, in, from his homeland. And to paraphrase it, he says basically, I will make and I will bless you. I will curse those that are against you. And all of the earth will be blessed. So from chapter 12 to chapter 15, there, there's a huge change in the, in the dynamics of what's happening. Could it be that Abraham was getting older like us? Three chapters in the Bible could be many generations. Chapter 12 is go and I will make and I will bless and all the world will be blessed because of you. And then we come to chapter 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. So at the beginning, God was saying, I will make, I will bless at the beginning, God says, I am. Now God comes to him and said, Abraham, I, I'm to be worshipped. I'm just, I want a relationship with you more than anything. He's saying to Abraham, and I think he's saying to each of us today, when it comes to faith, never settle for anything less than a personal, intimate walk with God. I am great, the great I am, he says. I'm come, come and follow me. Now, like most of us, when we stepped out on faith and faith believing that God could straighten out parts of our lives, we were willing to go where God called us, God has delivered us, God has, has made us whole. We could give many testimonies of God's faithfulness through difficulties in our lives, amen. We could give many testimonies, and likewise, Abraham, he had a great beginning. He had walked out into the unknown of God. But God is saying to Abraham, don't let your faith settle for a good beginning. Thank God for those moving experiences, those epiphanies that come along when Jesus is so real that we could, we could literally touch Him. Thank God for the mountaintop experiences. Thank God for being saved. But that's the beginning and not the end. Don't let your faith settle for even success. Abraham had been successful, was exceedingly wealthy, and I believe God is saying to us, don't settle for God's good gifts along the way. 
Don't settle for the trinkets of the world. That's not the goal in of, our, of, our, of our lives. Maybe living in America, that's skewed because we're such a wealthy nation. Abraham's own suggestion to God had to do with his servant. And like I said a minute ago, he said, you know, God, you, he, he, you understand what Abraham's saying? God, you blew it. Eliezer, he's a good man. He can, he can take over. But God wouldn't let hear of letting a servant take the place of his promise. We've all been blessed with servants in our lives, haven't we? Those servants called the gifts of the Spirit, those God-given talents and strengths of character, blessings of a good mind and body, the gifts of work, the joy of, of creativity to be able to build and to do, and the gift of physical ability. Those are wonderful servants, but all those are just servants, all to be used for the glory of God. It's easy for us to put one of those servants at the center of our lives. Instead of serving people, we begin to worship our own God-given ability. Servants should never become the primary focus of our faith. Faith must never settle for success. Faith must never, never settle for experience or achievement. You see, the turning point is God. When we reach the stage in our lives, when we realize that success is not our goal, even, I don't care how you define it. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians, I love this particular version of the message. Eugene Peterson writes these words, and I think that's what he's saying to us this morning. He's saying to us, I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I've had, this is Paul talking. You know Paul, the one we think had his act together? Paul is telling us, he said, I'm not saying I have this together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way. I reach out for the Christ who has so wondrously reached out to me. Friends, don't get me wrong, he says. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us on toward Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Paul continues, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on the right track. You see, Abraham came to a whole new level of faith that would not settle for anything less than God himself. And the Bible says in chapter, verse 6, that his faith was accounted unto him as righteousness. But the fact is, even though he said that, the fact is Sarah was still barren. The fact is he still didn't have a son, and God asked Abraham to step out under the starry sky. He said, your descendants will be as the stars in the heaven. It had to be a faithful love for God himself. Abraham said, God, I'll believe anything you say. I accept your word the way it is. So there was a deep commitment, a loyalty to God at any cost. And I think that's where we have to end up. A faith that doesn't just settle. It leads to a covenant. It leads to the power of knowing and loving and serving Jesus. From that day on, Abraham took on God himself as the object of his highest achievement. Abraham was righteous before God because he dared to take him at his word and not settle for the good things along the way. He left his home looking for land. 
He left the land of Ur going into an unknown land. And you know what he was wanting? He was wanting him a piece of ground. He might have even been wanting to raise peaches, Henry. He, I, I don't know. Because he, 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 they, they come, peaches come from that area, didn't they? That part of the world, that's a fact. He might have been wanting to be a big peach farmer for all I know. He was looking for dirt. He was looking for land. He was looking for a place to raise his family. Looking for a physical place. But at the end of his journey, at the end of our journey, would we not be the most miserable of all people to think that what we end up with is dirt and possessions? How many of you are going to take that stuff with you? God wants to covenant with you as well today with each one of us. We all start out on this walk of faith thinking about what God does. We want his peace. We want his joy. We want, we want all those good things and rightly so. And God wants those things for us. But God wants us to take him at his word and never settle for anything short of his best. His best promise fulfilled in each one of us. God has a noble purpose for every person in this room. But nothing compares with knowing God and simply walking with him. Nothing on this earth compares so God won't let us off with a good start. God won't let us off with any amount of success or even with the dedication of our gifts and our talents. God is standing before you and said, don't be afraid. I still want to make you great. My goal is God himself. Not joy, not peace, not even blessings, but God himself. I must leave my successes and failures behind that Paul talked about. And trust God into the unknown of tomorrow. As he leads, I intend to follow. And God is calling all of us to leave behind all those things that we reach out in simply acknowledging and walking and having a desire in our heart for that relationship with God himself. Nothing short of that, you're settling. You're settling on one lick every harvest moon on the family lolly. In essence, we're settling. Church, don't settle. Keep striving. Keep looking toward the God of the universe. He wants to hold your hand and walk you through this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. As our musicians get ready to play here in a few moments, we're going to sing, we're going to sing Where He Leads Me. In just a few moments, but I want to ask you a question. Every head bowed, I'll just ask you a simple question. Who is God to you? Who is God to you this morning? Have you got stuck in, in a place in your spiritual life where you've, you've got off to a good start? Things have gone pretty well. You've prospered in so many ways that there's still an emptiness of spirit. There's still something that's missing in your life. I would urge you not to look to those successes or those blessings. But look for a relationship with God himself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. As we sing page 338, stand as you're able. And I will certainly invite you to the altar if you have a need, uh, either personally or for another. Another person, would you please come and pray for that person?